The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network on a Wednesday. It is wonderful to see the sun shining. Good news, at least in that aspect. And that's what we're going to kind of start to look at as Arlen Suderman is joining us with FC Stone. And Arlen, you and I were just talking ahead of uh, starting the Final Bell that you're watching water levels out your window. We know that the water we've had here in Nebraska has ended up in the Missouri. It is headed south and it's causing a lot of havoc. So it's just a continued cycle for agriculture. It really is, and, uh, and you know, the, the river outside of our office is across the highway, and we're up on a hill, so we're safe, um, but uh, and they keep calling for it to crest at higher levels, and it's not reaching those levels. It's out, it's out of its banks, but not the levels they've been forecasting, and, and I know the sad thing is I know it's not reaching those heights because more levees are breaking upstream, and every time a levee breaks, Farmers are paying the price uh, as homes get inundated, uh, farms get inundated, livestock are lost. And uh, that, that's the sad reality of what we're dealing with right now. You know, the snow hasn't melted. We know that they've had abundant amounts of snowfall out in Colorado, Montana. That, too, has got to make its way across the countryside and eventually to the Missouri, onto the Mississippi. It, it really does. And we're already setting a record high levels uh i forget the name of the dam near uh, yankton gavin's uh, point but they're yeah releasing what a hundred thousand um cubic feet per second right now uh, a lot more water to come uh, areas of the mississippi and missouri both hitting record high levels at various locations and so creating a lot of problems and as we look at the forecast going forward we've had a little bit of a dry spot but the rains are expected to come back starting this weekend Looking at today's forecast, it, it looks like above normal rainfall now through the 18th of September. Uh, excuse me, 18th of April, which is the 16 to 30 day period uh, for much of the plains into the western Midwest. And some of the latest data, our forecasters at Commodity Weather Group are saying today indicates that we could see above normal rainfall in the month of May as well for Minnesota, Iowa, and eastern Nebraska, although central western areas of Nebraska may dry out a little bit during the month of May. As you look at all this information and we start to see these more and more pictures show up of social media where you're seeing a crown of corn and knowing that there's a lot more corn, for example, underneath that water levels, what type of stress are you seeing that put and has the markets reacted knowing that there's not going to be a lot of movement in the next couple of weeks of grain? Well, the, market, the, the futures market really hasn't. Uh, the speculative hedge funds still hold, the, or we believe that they hold, the uh, CFTC data is so delayed. We believe they hold records and near record short or sold positions, which is just incredible. A lot of that's due to computer trading, computers trading momentum, momentum spin to the downside. We've seen a little bit of a bounce here lately, but uh, we really haven't turned the direction of these markets enough. Now, once that direction does change on the charts, the computers will trade it the other way and, and may take things too high, too. Um, but uh, this thing is really primed if it gets something to scare those shorts out of their positions and, and they start buying the market. From a, a supply situation, though, it is impacting the cash market. We're certainly seeing that. 
in especially in the western midwest we have some farmers who have not yet delivered on their january contracts up in the north plains because of the deep snow and now the flooding and and the rural roads are so soft over much of the western midwest they can't deliver i was in iowa yesterday and and uh hog producers there can't get feed to their hogs they're really struggling to do so they're having trouble getting the hogs out in order to market them um the, the country roads are are a disaster let alone the flooding problems being created uh so this is just one of those years for the memory books and and uh one of the uh, times that we survive adversity and grow stronger for it hopefully uh in u.s agriculture so how much pressure is this going to put on the planning intentions report well that's the good question now a lot of people have been having higher we came out with let me start to say it this way we came out with our latest uh, client survey on acreage uh, last week on Friday, and uh, it called for 90.4 million acres of corn, 87.7 million acres of soybeans. That's a lower corn number and a higher soybean number than a lot of the estimates that are out there coming from the private sector. USDA will weigh in with their number next week on Friday, um, but I think it's reflective of the, the shift in attitudes. We did our survey a little later than what some have been doing and the expectation is it's going to be tough to get all the corn out there this year, and a lot of those acres will probably default to soybeans. Uneventful when it comes to the South America crop progress, for the most part? It, for the most part, yes. The weather is generally benign, and we have a few areas that are on the wet side and a few areas that are dry side, but for the most part, it's fairly benign. Uh, the harvest is starting to make its way down into southern Brazil and into northern Argentina at this point although that'll continue on for the next couple of months. It's a very long growing season down in that area. Um, but overall, production is looking good. Not as big as we once thought it would be, but still looking at some pretty good crops. Do you see them looking to take advantage to our delayed plantings and maybe jump in there to get some extra exports taking place? Um, well, of course, they've planted race, so they can't change their planning intentions at this point. Um, but they are very competitive on the world market right now. Um, particularly Argentina is underpricing us on corn. Um, and uh, Brazil definitely underpricing us on soybeans, especially with the tariff that China has on it. But even without that tariff right now, they're undercutting us in price. Well, stick around, folks. We do have more coming up as we talk with Arlen Suderman of FC Stone. We're going to be looking at the livestock side of the perspective. Some interesting information that he has uh, to share with us when it comes to the swine industry and what's been happening in China. I'll leave that tease there. Stick around. We've got more coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Arlen Suderman joins us on this Wednesday from FC Stone. Kind of hinted because you gave me a bit of a, a tease in that sense. There's African swine fever. More information that you guys are hearing out about after what has been kind of a couple quiet days. Yeah, it certainly has. And we keep close touch with our uh, our team in China. We've got a couple offices in China uh, obviously customers in China, and so we have uh, a flow of information there that uh, kind of helps keep us up on what's going on. And Susan, I have to say that the information we're getting from China is just 
it's just very difficult to wrap our arms around it and, and to conceive uh, of what's happening. If you were to if you were to build a perfect scenario to introduce African swine fever into in which it would be essentially nearly impossible to control, that would be the description of China's hog industry. One of our customers there um, told us, very sadly, we may have to lose every hog in China before we're able to stop this disease because of how the industry is structured here. When I talked to our team in, in uh, China, uh, on Monday of this week, we're talking, you know, they've been keeping us up in January saying hog feeding is down 15%. And keep in mind that China, according to USDA data, before this disease fed 710 million hogs per year. I mean, that was what they put out per year with the multiple litters, etc. cetera, um, 710 million hogs per year. That compares to a little over 133 million in the United States. And we are far second, and we're far above everybody else. Um, so in January, our team is telling us hog feeding's down 15%. February's down 20%. And we've seen in the recent conversations maybe higher than that. I talked to them on Monday, and they said, well, we're not ready to go there yet. We're still trying to collect data. But we are hearing some people here in China saying that hog feeding might be down by 50%. You realize how many hundreds of millions of hogs that is. They're comfortable in saying that 10 million sows have been lost. The whole breeding herd in the United States is 6.3 million in, in its entirety. Uh, I am comfortable saying that hog feeding is down 30%. So how do you how do you wrap your hands around that? If you take all the hog production on an annual basis in Canada, United States, Mexico, and Brazil, it would come to 31% of China's hog feeding prior to this disease. So that's the equivalent of losing all the production in United States, Canada, Mexico, and Brazil already due to this disease, and it's continuing to spread out of control. First of all, we're seeing the same equivalent drop in soybean demand, soy meal demand, soy meal prices plummeting sharply. We're seeing a sharp increase in meat prices of all kinds. We're hearing evidence that China is quietly trying to buy up pork supplies around the world. Here in the United States, Canada, Brazil, poultry supplies in Brazil, um, just trying to get meat. If you look at pulling that much meat out of the market, I mean, wars have started over smaller things than this. That's how big of an upset of China's economy we could be looking at. Uh, from the, the impact of this disease. That's why we had lean hogs up the limit, the daily limit again today. We're providing support now for the rest of the meat structure as well the, the, in the livestock sector because whether we export any beef to China or not, China buying up meat from around the world is going to elevate meat prices globally and that's just going to that's going to lift demand for all existing supplies from other customers etc so the meat complex looks to dramatically benefit the key, of course, is going to be to keep the disease out of the United States. And we saw that over the weekend, late Friday, when they announced the million pounds that was seized at the border. 
That was a very sobering story um, because meat is one of the ways that it can be transmitted into the United States. And to see it smuggled in, packaged as other products like laundry detergent, um, was very sobering. And uh, so we certainly appreciate port authorities being vigilant and finding it. We just hope that they're successful 100% of the time. So as you look at all this information, Arlen, what does it mean to the pork producer here in the U.S.? Well, it means that we could see a tremendous opportunity. Well, the maximum we could expand maybe would be 4%, maybe 5% over the next year. We have slaughter capacity issues, infrastructure issues. Um, uh, but then I also saw a survey that uh, uh, over 50% of Americans want all pork pulled from the counter if the disease finds itself in the United States. So we're always going to have to have downside price risk in place just in case the disease is found in the United States. Um, but take advantage of the higher prices in the meantime. Lots of stuff to digest today. Best way for folks to get a hold of you. INTLFCstone.com or twitter.com slash ArlenFF101. And that is a look at the Fontenelle final bell for you. Thanks to Fontenelle and all the local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.